Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Northwest Arkansas, Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas. Big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. I'm excited to be with you today, as I always am. And I'm sitting here in the Center for Innovation at the Fayetteville Public Library. I always want to give a shout out to them, especially when I use this fabulous facility. But today, I'm excited to bring to you a guest that I reached out to really quickly. And and just for those of you that don't know my process when it comes to bringing people on the podcast, I... I created this podcast, as most of you know, just because I like talking to interesting people. And when I found out about this gentleman and his desire to move from central Arkansas to northwest Arkansas with his food truck to lay a flag in the ground here and take his food truck to a whole nother level, I said I had to have him on the podcast. And so if you haven't figured out who it is, because you probably don't know, his name is Hayne Begley. And Hayne is the founder of Delta Biscuit Company. It's a food truck. And 
I suspect he's working on a number of things right now. But without further ado, I want to welcome Hayne Begley to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. And I appreciate you reaching out. And I'm (laughs) glad that we, we could make it work. No, I am too. You know, I told my wife, I said, man, I reached out to him and he got back to me so fast. I was like, oh, okay, so this guy's serious. He's up here trying to make some things happen. And yeah, uh, I, I don't play around. I, no. I try to win it. And it's one of those things. If I don't get to it, I don't get to it. There's a thousand things happening. So it's like, okay, respond, make it happen. <laughs> Let's see if we can do it and go forward. So yeah, no, I appreciate that. So thank you so much for doing that. And I know my audience is going to appreciate this and your stomachs will thank me later. But Hayne, why don't you, we always like to start the podcast off by asking people to give us their superhero origin story, right? Because I think when I listen to any podcast, I always want to know, who am I listening to? Why should I be listening to them in the first place? So oh, yeah. I would love for you just to kind of give us the cliff note version of your superhero origin story before coming up here to Northwest Arkansas. And then that'll be part two of this conversation sure. that we're going to have today. Yeah. So I grew up in a little town in kind of northeast, north central Arkansas called Bald Knob. Okay. Um, if you guys know where Cersei is, right out, you know, where Harding University is, we're just north of that. Okay. Town of about 3,000 people, and it was fantastic, right? Like, running through the woods and the creek in the backyard and and hanging out and just super safe and very cool, you know? It's still that age where, and, and I think that time in American history where it was like, get outside. Right. You are not allowed. Sunday or Saturday morning, you clean your room, you get to watch cartoons, dad makes breakfast during the Bugs Bunny and Tweety show, and then your butt's outside. You're not inside for the rest of the day, and if you come inside, you better be hurt or need something. <laughs> right. You know, it, it was one of those things. I graduated high school there and moved, or went to Washtenaw Baptist University. Okay. So did a couple years there, left for a few years and traveled, lived in Texas, spent a little bit of time in the Pacific Northwest, and then went back to OBU in, in 2003 and finished up in 06. And at the time, I was my degrees in theology and Hebrew. Wow. And so I had a very different career path and came out of that and realized that so much of what I loved about that was figuring things out and just the contemplation with that. But I also loved creating. Even while I was doing that, my ideas all centered around how can I bring value? How can I bring value to the church community? How can I bring value to my fellow theologians? How can we train? How can we kind of pass what we love, which was theology and and belief onto people who want that, the church. And so was looking at nothing ever centered really around like being a pastor. I think it was always either being a teacher or owning a business where I would actually teach in the churches and then got into restaurants. I had been in coffee for several years in college at a coffee shop down there called Three O's, which is now closed, sadly, but people who were there in the early mid 2000s will remember that in Arkadelphia and fell in love with coffee as deep into it as you could get at the time and then ended up getting married, moving to Omaha, Nebraska, lived there for a couple of years, moved back to Little Rock in 2009. And at in that time, I worked in restaurants the whole time and really found a passion for creation, concept creation, bringing very, very cool things and places to communities. You know, I don't think many of us would say that like, and let's just use McDonald's is cool, right? right? When you walk right. in, it's McDonald's. Yeah. But we all have those local restaurants in our neighborhoods that are <laughs> cool. And I love that feeling. I love that community. And so knew that I wanted to do that. Started kind of down that path and staying in restaurants on Little Rock. Ended up at Union Pacific Railroad for about six years and left there in 2017 to open my own place. Yeah. So that's kind of the superhero origin in a nutshell. The, the genesis of yeah, it all, right? And of course, yeah. while I was at the railroad, you know, 
the if you there's some other podcasts and some articles, but kind of just came up with the idea for Little Rock needed brunch at the time. There wasn't really any breakfast brunch in Little Rock. There's some great brunch now. There's still not a lot of like weekday breakfast, but wanted to bring that to Little Rock and was like, how do we do this? And very quickly settled on a biscuit because we're the South. We right. love biscuits. Yeah. And then from there, it was just a matter of like, okay, let's bring this to life. And and then fall of 2018, we opened the food truck in Little Rock and made it through COVID. And we were there until March of 2022. Yeah. So. You almost had about two years of a run before COVID happened. Just kind of get your sea I think legs. We had, you. we opened November of 18 and COVID was March 15th of 2020. So I think officially it was like 17 months. Okay. Okay. And then, you know, the whole world collapsed. Yeah. So and we yeah. were we were on a rocket trajectory and it just took all the, you know, all the propulsion. And all just, the wind out of your sail. Yeah. yeah. It was a dead stop yeah. for everyone. For so. everyone. Wow. What did you find? I know a lot of people, I mean, people have made like in their careers, they've made the pandemic pivot and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. What for you happened during the pandemic that kind of thrust you into this place, space that you're in right now? Yeah. So during the pandemic, a couple things in it. And and I think some of this really comes back to kind of my core philosophies on business. But initially, a friend of ours who had a food truck in Little Rock called Excaliburger. He and I were actually at OBU together. His name's Kyle Pounder. Excaliburger. Excaliburger. Like that. That's it was funny. great. <laughs> but he had started doing a lot of work with uh, Chef Jose Andres in the World Central Kitchen. And so he had done work out in California. He had done work all over. And so he was already connected to that. And we were one of the first places during the pandemic that the World Central Kitchen kind of came into and started pushing meals out. The Clinton Library there tur- basically turned over their kitchen into a prep kitchen. And within two weeks of the pandemic, we were helping put meals out at lunch and dinner five, six, seven days a week Sure. Um, to all the communities around Little Rock that were just really hurting. And so that was such a, a wonderful thing for us to just jump into. We were very lucky that they saw it as not only a way to provide food, but also the food trucks. They were able to provide us a little bit of a stipend. So I didn't have to lay anyone off. We were able to keep going. You know, luckily, a lot of our bills and stuff just kind of go away when you're not making food. Sure. But we did have some, you know, behind the scenes bills. So we were able to to really just kind of the goal at that point, I realized, was stay afloat. Yeah. We just want to stay afloat. And where so many of our local restaurants who have way more overhead and way more staff than I did, you know, kind of turned to the to-goes and doing that. I chose not to because I didn't need to. Mm-hmm. And very early on, we didn't know how long it was going to last. And and I remember having conversations with people and friends who were doctors and, and all sorts of stuff. And I mean, we were talking 10% death rate is what we thought we were going to run into. Thank God we didn't. Yeah. You know, sub yeah. 1%. Okay. Horrible, 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 but not the 10% that we were expecting. And so I just said, hey, let's let the restaurants, the local places have all that to go. We're not going to try to push that. We tried to promote them because between what the government did for small business and what World Central Kitchen did, my one staff guy was paid. I was fine. You know, we didn't lose anything except business, but we stayed afloat. And so just really saw the community pull together through that. And then coming out of that, the pivot was the whole food market that I had lived in from 2009 in Little Rock to 2020, 10, 11 years. It's so different now. It's a whole different world because whereas food trucks used to go to, say, big businesses, sure, 
they're all still working from home. So my Monday through Friday business is gone. Nobody's catering. Your weddings aren't back. Nothing's happening. That's what food trucks build their bread and butter on. And so Little Rock's a very different market than Northwest Arkansas. Food trucks don't stay put in Little Rock. We have to move every day. We just don't have those spots. And so people couldn't just come get our food. And so we just had to rethink and relearn and, and you know, kind of go back almost like starting over, starting up again. Yeah. It was a very interesting time. So they don't have, I'm thinking of like the, the yacht club right down the street here. And then they just opened up a brand new food truck parking lot out in Springdale. There's one up. So uh, there are a couple, yeah, but it's not part of the culture there. People don't go to those. Yeah. But also it's a very different city. Um, yeah. You know, the area, we don't have the college kids. We don't have as many people that kind of work from home, have their own businesses, have that kind of flexibility. And so much of Little Rock is your commuter, right? Like people driving into the city to work and driving home. And so lunch is convenience and lunch is, or they bring it. Right. And so it, it just never really the food truck parks that are there, they do fine at night. But I don't know about you. I still don't want a biscuit and a beer at 8 p.m. No, 6 p.m. No, it's no, not my thing. No, I get it. Not. Totally get it. You know, I'll drink a, a good half of ice and right. have, have brunch on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Even Thursday, Tuesday. That's fine. But on a Friday night, you don't want biscuit no. and a beer. You want I want a burger. I want some tots. I want fried chicken. I want some tacos. Yeah. I get it. It's yeah. not my market. It isn't. So those do really well at night. We never really could do that. Couldn't I never really saw that grow during the day. Yeah. Just because people don't associate food trucks with quick. Yeah. Even though I can tell you, if you if you park and walk up to our window and order within six minutes, your food's out, which is still faster than most drive throughs and you're getting something homemade and, and fantastic. And so, but also in Little Rock, everything's kind of, it's such an old city that everything's kind of bought. And so there's no real place to just put a food truck park where the businesses are. And so we just we just haven't seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think obviously with the I think here there has been some thoughtful development into how we're going to set things up outside of the, you know, the one off food trucks that might be located Mm -hmm. in one area. But you've got Bentonville's got their area and Rogers now has one and Springdale has a couple. Centerton has one. Gravit has one. Gravit has one. Ridge is building one. Yeah. They're going up everywhere. Right. They are. They are. So, I mean, yeah. So that that's exciting. So tell us a little bit about Delta Biscuits. Yeah. Well, so Delta Biscuit is a biscuit centered food concept. Right. And Delta Biscuit was built and designed to be. So my consulting and design company is called Global Street. And Delta Biscuit was really designed to be kind of a a flagship to say, hey, look, we can build something from the ground up. We can design a concept. We can push it out there. We can get brand recognition and we can do something that's fantastic. Because what I want to do is continue to do that, build brands, build concepts. And when I say that, I know people think like Subway, McDonald's, like big things. I have no desire to do that. I think that food is best when it's small and regional. Yeah, It lets you be nimble. I don't want you to come to Arkansas and get the same thing that you can get in Ohio. Yeah. Why? Yeah. You can't get Arkansas black apples in Ohio. You can get those here. You can get them in Tennessee, North Carolina. There's a line. They don't grow that high. Okay. Well, come here and get that. Yeah. Come here and get Delta Biscuit. So if we end up with six, seven restaurants in Arkansas, I don't need more than that. I don't think that it's long-term sustainable. And I mean, it obviously is, but also then when you have a pandemic, or something happens, you you have supply chain issues, and let's just keep it a little local. The restaurants I enjoy most are local, and so that's what it was always built around. And even like, hey, you may not be able to get the same things in Bentonville, 
that maybe one day you can get in Fayetteville because Fayetteville wants a different biscuit. Okay, right. well, you can't get it in Bentonville. Well, why not? Well, because you get it in Fayetteville. Sorry. You know, I don't mind telling people that. So Delta Biscuit was started as, as really given the, the market in Little Rock what they didn't have, which was breakfast. And sadly, we never really could find a spot to open up for breakfast every day. We were kind of in the brunch, private event, brunch, lunch, private event, and then weekends. But we do a four and a half inch homemade buttermilk biscuit. I've made close to 400,000 of them at this point. Wow. So we, we make them all, all in-house. And our goal is to do everything as, as absolutely fresh and in-house as possible. So when you order, you know, we bread the chicken. We brine the chicken when we get it. It's ready to go. We bread it on the truck and fry it for you right there. It takes five minutes. You're not going to get something that, that is, is bought, breaded in a box, and I drop it in the fryer. We're just not going to do that. Yeah. The closest things to that are we buy local made jelly, and the potatoes we buy are a roasted potato blend because it's cheaper than us doing it ourselves. Yeah. And what we would do is cut them and roast them. So it's exactly the same product. I'm just having someone else do it. And it's sweet potatoes, pearl potatoes, and gold potatoes, which are hard to find all year, but they do it. And so everything else, you know, is we're doing on truck. And the, the goal behind Delta Biscuit is to just bring the absolute best biscuit slash breakfast that we can and really just leave people happy and kind of surprised and amazed when they come to the truck. Yeah. So. And, you know, and I... I it's funny because biscuits are actually quite filling. They, you know, if they're made right, they don't, you know, they don't feel like a rock on the bottom no. of your stomach. I mean, they kind of melt in your mouth, mm -hmm. right? You throw some butter on there or your other favorite topping. I mean, it, it, there's, I don't know. There's just something about it. It truly is, you know, the highest level of good breakfast food that you can have. And then you oh, can I add so many agree. things to it, mm -hmm. which is really nice. So yep. I'd love for you just to kind of whet our audience's appetite with just a, a visual of some of the different types of biscuits that you put together. Sure. We were talking about one before we started recording, we were. but yeah, we were I'll talking about the I'll, Dr. Jones. Yeah, the doc, yeah, so tell me about that. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing about Delta Biscuit that we don't do that a lot of other biscuit restaurants around the country do is we I don't really add anything in. The closest thing we get to that is we do an everything biscuit, but that's all on the outside. We do that for our salmon lox biscuit, which will make an appearance sometime in May, June. Ooh, so you guys stay tuned for that. that. Yeah, it's phenomenal. But I want the biscuit to stand alone. And so we focus on adding things into it, in between it, because we just treat it like a big hamburger bun, right. a big biscuit hamburger bun, I guess. But the one we were talking about, the Dr. Jones. So we start with our five ounce chicken breast. Like I said, it's, we brine it. We do a quasi pickle brine. So I don't use pickle juice, but I basically make brine like I would brine pickles in. And then we go that way. So it's, it's uh, played with it a little bit, but it is, I think it adds exactly what I want to it. And as we all know, if you don't add something to chicken breast, it's pretty bland. Yeah. You know, absolutely. that's kind of the, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an open canvas. Yeah. So we do a five ounce chicken breast. We do our homemade pimento cheese on top of that. And underneath that is our homemade bacon jam. And I get at more than anything, I get asked, what's bacon jam? It is bacon, caramelized onions, and brown sugar. That's pretty much what it is. And you just let it cook until it's jammy. And so that goes underneath. So you get the sweet, you get the salt from the bacon, you get the kind of acid from the fried chicken, you get that nice crunch. And then the pimento cheese is creamy. And pimento cheese is one of those things I think kind of divides a lot of people. I grew up on the the whipped orange out of the, the yeah, jar from yeah. the store and hated it for years. And then a chef buddy of mine goes, dude, try this. This is real pimento. And I was like, oh, that's fantastic. Right. So I tell people, if you like cheddar cheese, you'll like our pimento. Yeah. Uh, because that's the primary ingredient. We do have a few things in there. Um, we had a little bit of spice. It's got a little kick to it, but it goes on top and starts to melt down. And so you're getting a little heat that creaminess from the cheese and it all just comes together in a fantastic, fantastic dish. 
the other number one. So that's been a number one. So the other one is, is I love eggs Benedict. Yep. It's very hard to find a good eggs Benedict. Yeah. It um, is. And I realized real quick, I'm not going to make hollandaise on the truck. I'm just not. We make homemade sausage gravy. I learned how to make it from my grandfather at deer camp. And I took it and kind of expanded it into something we could reproduce. And of course, at Deer Camp, he didn't have, you know, the 14 to 18 ingredients that we do to put in it. And so we take time, takes about 90 minutes to make, make our gravy. And then that's, that's what we highlight as our hollandaise. So we split that biscuit open face. We put four ounces of smoked ham on there, two fried eggs, sunny side up, and then cover that in gravy. And so poached eggs are one of my favorite things. There's something we don't do on a food truck. It's just too much of a pain to have that extra pot. We just don't have room for it, but we do the sunny side up eggs and then cover that in gravy. And it is, it is a Southern Benedict through and through, and it is fantastic. Hmm, So, and then, you know, we do a sausage, egg and cheese with local jelly. We do currently two other chicken biscuits, one with sweet potato butter and greens. And then the other one right now is the thug nasty, uh, which was called the big nasty (laughs) after a catering client of ours. And we renamed it to the Thug Nasty after the UFC fighter Bryce Mitchell. Okay. Um, in his last UFC fight, I don't, if you haven't paid attention, he is a very, very good UFC fighter. But he pledged half of his winning to Arkansas Children's Hospital. And we okay. thought that was Arkansas. He's a local uh, Central Arkansas guy out of Sherwood. And we said, you know, we're going to rename His nickname is Thug Nasty. So we renamed it the Thug Nasty. And a dollar off of every one of those goes to Arkansas Children's. Oh, nice. Right okay. now. So if he changes okay. his charity, we'll go to somewhere else. But that's what we did there. So you'll notice it's got a little bit of a price tag on it. But that's because... It's got fried chicken, bacon, egg, gravy. It is. The whole nine. Yeah. And if you you said you saw the hang, the hangry peddler did a. Yes, I saw that. That's a, a post huge, on huge. And I he mean, said it was fantastic. Yeah. So he loved it. Yeah. But it, it is quickly becoming the bestseller. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Listen, I've, you know, it's, I took the wrong time to be fasting. The, as we're, the day that we're recording this, I'm on a couple of days fast. Nice. So this is really tough. But well, you, I'm but, fasting. I fast on Mondays as well. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I'm, I'm on like a three day fast. Nice. And it certainly is to overcome what I consumed yesterday for Easter. So <laughs> sure. there, there is that. But nonetheless, my, my dietary issues are not the reason that we wanted to talk with you. So this all sounds amazing. And you recently, as of the time that we're recording this, just launched up here. And I, I think if I remember correctly, you had planned to be open from like seven to one, but you had to close a couple of hours earlier because you had totally sold out of biscuits. Yeah. Our first day we sold out. We took our last order, I think, at 1055 wow. that morning. So we opened wow. at seven, took the last order <clears throat> at 1055. And, um, you know, we I don't know the market yet. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. normally our Saturdays are nine to one where sure. we were because it's just the way it was. We said, you know, we're going to do a seven to one. Maybe it'll spread out a little bit more. It did not spread out. <laughs> People showed up and we just we we did oh, about 150 items in and, four hours. And we wow. just we just slung some food and had a good time and met a bunch of new friends. And and hopefully everybody really enjoyed it. They seem to. Yeah. So And then, of course, our first weekday opening was Wednesday during the monsoon. And we just, yeah. you know, watched people paddle their canoes through the parking lot, it felt like. Oh, uh, but goodness. we still had people come out. You know, they would call when the rain would die down. They would call in and run out and get food real quick. So yeah. it was great. Appreciate all the support. So you were kind of surprised at the overwhelming just outpouring of people yeah. coming to support you guys. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's been huge. And, and you know, we've done a couple pop-ups up here. We've been buying our coffee from Airship since we opened. Yeah. We've done a couple Hogs games. And it was just so nice to, you know, and appreciative for people to come out and give us a try. When there's so many other options up here. Uh, sure. And I think, I know we feel like, you know, our food can stand against anyone's. It may not be what you want that day, yep. but you're not going to not come because you didn't enjoy it. Um, yeah. And so that's, I think that's about all any restaurant can do. So now, correct me if I'm wrong, but your 
primary employee also moved up here, relocated up. Is yeah, that, that was part of part of the, I guess I would say, like the impetus to actually make the jump is my right hand, Bob, right? <laughs> um, he's been with me for, geez, it's three years now. Yeah, since summer of 19. Okay. He also was my roommate in Little okay. Rock. Uh, okay. I had a house down there. And so he was one of my roommates there. And I just said, hey, man, I'm kind of looking at this. What do you think? You want to go? And he said, yeah, let's go. I said, all right. So it just made that jump so much easier because, number one, I don't have to, like, train someone new. Right. He's run the truck without me there. He knows everything that I know. Sure. And is perfectly capable of handling it. And so being able to come up with someone, offload some of the responsibilities onto him as far as moving and just knowing, hey, you take care of this stuff with the truck. I'm going to handle some of the personal stuff that we got to do in the the back end that he can't do because he's not his name's not on the ownership right. thing. Yeah. And then he's been just a lifesaver there. So that's he's awesome. actually getting the order right now and, and taking care of all the truck stuff today. So, okay. Well, I kind of run around and do meetings and, and schedule things. All that good stuff. So now mm-hmm. the truck is open. Currently it's located where? Currently we're at 900 South Main in Bentonville, Arkansas. Okay. So if you know where Crepes Paulette is and you walk out of their front door, there's a parking lot on the other side of the, the Bentonville Special Services Building right behind Spud Doctors, right next to the Thaden School. So we, we've got a little spot there in a parking lot that is was previously rented to another food truck. We're there now, and um, we're open Wednesdays through Saturday, 7 to 1, at least through the end of April. And then we'll kind of reevaluate, kind of look at what hours and, and, and kind of traffic flow. And then part of that is getting another person hired to help with some prep. And then hopefully we'll be, you know, we'll be able to move that to like Tuesday through Saturday. It's kind of the long-term goal there. And then... If Sundays and Mondays make sense, we'll, we'll do that. We'll just have to, just have to hire. So, yeah. and as everyone knows right now, if you work in a business, you know they're hiring. And if you own a business, you know you're trying to hire. And right. It's yeah. just, uh, it's hard. So. It is really hard. But I mean, I think now is the time if you're trying to build something to, you know, kind of go whole hog, no pun intended, you know, if mm-hmm. you're going to do it, might as well do it. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think right now the thing is, is finding the right people is always to me more important than finding just a body. Yeah. Because I'm going to have to replace the body. But if I find the right person, I'm willing to pay them what they're worth. So let's get the right person in here and let's do that. And that kind of comes back to my underarching philosophy. And I think goes back to your question about like kind of what during COVID did I see brought me kind of to this point. But long term, and I've this is I've I've said this, you know, really for the last six months, kind of put it out there. I really want any company I do to eventually be employee owned. I think if you work for me, even though I had the idea and even though I kind of took some risks, but if, if you help get us to get this company to the next level, I couldn't have done it without those people. So why would I not bring them in and give them some ownership value? I think I know for me, it would make me feel valued. I know it also, it's a nice financial incentive. If the business does well, you do well. And so if everyone there has buy-in, well, then you don't have the loss. You don't have all the things that plague restaurants. But the other end of it is, is like, I'm doing this because I love it. I don't care about the money. It doesn't matter to me. Like, yeah. We all want to make a living. You know, I want to be able to go ride bikes. I want to be able to go have a beer. Outside of that, I want to work with awesome people. I want to create cool things and I want to give people a chance to come work for us and own something and build it with us. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's kind of where I am now is bring in the right people because they may be around for a long time and bring them in hoping that they'll stay. Yeah. You know, know, it's so funny. You sound, I don't know if you've ever watched this show. I'm a big fan of Marcus Lemonis and The Mm -hmm. Prophet. And, you know, he talks about people, process, and profits. Yep. Right? In that order. Absolutely. People first. Yes. And I I noticed that all of the successful ventures that he took part of, 
he always tried to give some skin in the game to the employees Mm -hmm. because he just said people tend to move that much further when they have a little skin in the game. They have some ownership and they are actually building something. And I I do believe, I mean, obviously that's intrinsically part of the American dream, right? Is to have Mm -hmm. a stake in something, but it's important. Well, and that used to be given to employees through pensions, right? Right, Like that was kind of your, your stake. That has really gone by the wayside unless you work for a specific company that got offloaded into 401ks where you were kind of in it for yourself. Yeah. Okay. I understand that. But why not? Why shouldn't you be able to retire and then have an option to either sell, you know, your percent back to the other employees or hang on to that, you know, and continue to draw out of that, you know, and of course, there's a lot of legalities in that and how you do it, but it can be anything can be done. And we've seen it with some of the bigger companies in the country, I think most notably um, New Belgium Brewing, that's how they became what they were, is it's, it was employee-owned. And it's one of those things where you go, okay, everybody bought in yeah, because they had a stake. Whether they were doing tours or brewing beer or in HR, it didn't matter because if there was litter on the ground, well, that's your ground. Yep. You know, if there's a broken door, that's your door. You know, if there was something that needed to be fixed, that's yours too. And so it gives you that connection. Yeah. You know, and it gives you that I don't not entitlement, but just I mean ownership. You yeah. Know? We take care of things that we own better than we take care of things that we don't own. Sure, sure, so. sure. So well okay, so what I want to ask you then, since you are a native Arkansan, <laughs> was there any one thing that really surprised you about Northwest Arkansas since you've been here? I mean it's been a short period of time. It's not like you haven't been here before, but I mean you're here now. You're you're working up here. You've got a food truck up here. Was there anything that you were kind of pleasantly surprised by once you got here and you were like, wow, I didn't I had no idea. So I think that the the biggest thing in that vein for me has been just the feeling of camaraderie. There's not a feeling of, oh, there's someone else moving in. <laughs> there's someone else opening up. Right. Oh, there's someone else. It's been everyone from Mark, one of the owners of Spud Doctors, who I reached out to and he was every step of the way. How do I help? How do I help? What can I tell you? What do you want to know? Who do you need to contact with? And the reason we're where we are, which literally I can throw a baseball and hit his food truck, is because he said, well, hey, go check. I rent from these people in this building. Go check. They may have a spot open. Sure. And I walked in and they said, oh, yeah, we have a spot right behind him. Would you like it? I was like, well, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I said, hey, Mark, you don't mind me? He goes, dude, more food trucks here, the better. Yeah. And I love that community. The social media, you know, the the food bloggers, just so excited yeah. to share Everyone coming out, there's no, there's no sense of the pie isn't big enough. Right, right. It's, hey, if the pie's better, there's more for all of us. Exactly. And I think that's such a, a helpful thing. Everybody's been helpful. Everybody wants awesome stuff. And I think that comes with a growth mindset Yeah, that seems to be very prevalent here. People are going, you know, everybody's full. Everybody's busy. All your restaurants are, you know, they're busy as much as they want to be nobody's like, well, I wish we could get more business on Saturday night. They're like, man, maybe we should open another day. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's a different world. And so when you bring something cool, which I think we have, you bring something different, you know, it's not, we're not, we're not doing burgers. Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong. It's not wrong with burgers. Those may, those may happen at some point in another fashion, but we're not just another of the same. Yeah. You know, and I think people respond to that and everybody's just been so open and welcoming. And, uh, I didn't know what to expect, but I definitely didn't expect it at the level that it is. It's, I mean, true Southern hospitality. Sure. Like. Sure. No, I loved it. And, and you know, I had a chance to watch. I didn't catch it live, but you did a live video on Instagram. I did. 
And uh, I guess I caught it a little later, but I, I watched it and made a couple of comments. And I, I thought it was really I thought it was really well done. And it was just kind of you kind of having a, just a normal conversation about mm-hmm. kind of thinking through what you've experienced so far and what you hope to do, which I think yep. is really nice. I actually think that I hope more food truck owners get comfortable behind the camera mm-hmm. like that and are willing to just kind of bear all and share because, I mean, I'm a foodie. I'm not running or I don't have a food blog, but I love food. And I tell mm-hmm. everybody and their mother about the best places to eat here sure. in Northwest Arkansas. And I try to feature some of those individuals on the podcast. But I think it's important for an individual to that does have a food truck to let people know, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're thinking about. I mean, you even talked about you're getting a new flat top. I guess there might be a, a potential of introducing pancakes into the menu mm-hmm. at some point in time. So, you know, the breakfast boy in me is getting super excited. I'm like, yes, this is what I want. And, yeah. you know, my wife and I, we've always talked about, man, we, we really like restaurants that, you know, are kind of open to trying new things and and expanding the menu where possible and right. not just sticking with the, you know, the usuals and getting a little adventurous, if you will. And so oh, you de- you, you're, you're definitely doing that. Yeah. And we are, I mean, we are biscuit company. And so that will always be the focus. I want to have a menu that is exciting and maybe you don't want a fried chicken biscuit that day, but maybe your friends want to go and you're like, well, I'll get the hash, which if you sleep on our hash, you shouldn't. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to change. Now, what right? kind of hash do you guys make? So we do, like I said, we use that potato blend that I mentioned earlier. It's okay. sweet potatoes, purple potatoes, and gold potatoes. Okay. And then we do onions and peppers in there. Currently, it has chorizo in it. Okay. And then an egg. And then we use a hot sauce out of Chattanooga, Tennessee called Hoff Sauce. And it is the best hot sauce I've ever had. He's Hoff won so- best yeah, hot sauce in the country that. for forever. Hoff and we're going to be bringing more of those varieties on just to kind of complement some of the other dishes we do. And then you can get it vegetarian. And um, both of those dishes are going to be. Wait, um, wait, wait, stop. You said you, you'll be able to get the hash vegetarian. You can right now. We have a garden hash on the menu. Oh, my goodness. You can do a vegetarian okay. hash if you want. Both of those are going to update and change by the beginning of May. Okay. So I've always wanted to take which we call the Hash Gordon because if you've ever seen the movie Flash Gordon, <laughs> yes, anytime, I'm that I'm that old. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, anytime yeah. someone ordered a, a hash on the truck, all I could hear was the uh, you know the Queen soundtrack. Hash, you don't know, uh, yeah. Uh, yes. And so we would always sing that. So we just named it the Hash Gordon. Uh, oh man. And so, but I've always wanted to do that. We've done it a few times with brisket, which it is insane. But as you guys might know, to do brisket right, it's 12 to 14 hour cook. Yeah, yeah. And it's also very expensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but I, what I want to do is pork belly. I want to do a smoked pork belly hash. So I had I have a friend of mine that smokes. He has a, he does a lot. He does that for airship up there and he's been smoking that for us. And so we're testing it just to kind of get it right, get the rub right, get everything done. And then we'll introduce that. Price will go up a little bit, but it'll be 100% worth it. It's going to be a smoked pork belly hash and we'll get away from the chorizo. Okay. Um, just okay. because. Eh, we're not making the chorizo in house. Yeah, I yeah, could get yeah, it local, yeah. but I really feel like that smoked pork belly is more in line with Delta biscuit and then the the kind of chorizo is. And so it'll be fantastic. And then the garden hash, we're going to add in some like Brussels sprouts and different things roasted that'll complement the rest of the root vegetables. And then, you know, in the summers, we get some fresh veggies. We'll get some more of those in there, but it's we're going to really beef that up and make it a real veggie hash versus just kind of an option for vegetarian. Sure, sure. It'll be something that's real hard. It won't taste like an afterthought. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> think it does right now. It just, it is incomplete. And yeah, I know that. Yeah. But it, it's such an, and it's also a gluten-free option. Yeah. Uh, which is huge. Cause it is. I, I know I, I have a bunch of friends, actually some, uh, some people that have shared some of your posts that are gluten intolerant. So 
it's big that, you know, you're not only focusing on those non or people that don't eat red meat or pork or anything like that, but you're also looking out for the the gluten free folks that, right. you know, you want to have something on the menu for them. So. We do. And it's very difficult in that some ways, because yeah. if you're gluten intolerant, usually pretty much everybody's been fine. And I have some friends who are gluten intolerant and they've never had an issue. The problem comes if, if someone has celiac, it's such a small space. There's n- everything's covered in flour. I'm mm-hmm. covered in flour. I, yeah. I shouldn't shake. I mean, there's just no way around it on such a small space being a biscuit truck. Yeah. So if you have celiac, I'm very sorry, but it's just not something that I can accommodate. And I'm not willing to risk your health. Right. And if right. you tell me that and I know that and I serve you, I take on some liability. And so it becomes an issue. Sure. But gluten intolerant. Yeah. We keep everything pretty separate and, you know, it tends to be be fine. Yeah, okay. So, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, and I know this is still early and I don't want to push you into a corner of, of making any determinations, but is there any chance that there might be a bricks and mortar version of your food truck in the future? Yeah. So Delta Biscuit started as an idea for brick and mortars. Okay. It's designed to be that way. I had the design for our restaurant before I ever had the design for the food truck. And so I actually want about six to seven in Arkansas. Okay. I think there's room for it. I think we could do a couple up here, three yep. up here. You know, I would love to go to Hot Springs. You yeah, know? Uh, absolutely. I spent a lot of hot time in Hot Springs from, you know, Little Rock, great mountain biking there, but also the downtowns just really come back to some phenomenal restaurants. And if you haven't been to DeLuca's Pizza, geez. I've heard about it. I've heard about Tony it. Tony is wonderful and the pizza is insane. So. Yeah. Now, he, isn't he from back east? Oh, yeah. Tony's a Brooklyn boy. That's what I yeah, thought. He grew yeah, up in yeah. New York and then yeah, Vegas yeah, yeah, and then ended right. up in Hot Springs. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we go down there for that. We go down there for my my friend uh, David owns uh, what used to be the Brow House down there. It's now Steinhaus Keller. So an amazing German restaurant. So I go down there. I've spent more nights drinking on that patio than I can count. But I, I think that city's fantastic. And then, you know, then a couple in Little Rock and maybe one in Jonesboro. Kind of initial thoughts. Just sure. like, would love to do it. Just kind of keep it regional, keep it small, have a lot of fun with it and make it a, a breakfast experience versus just like a place to get some food. Listen, I I mean, growing up, I grew up in New Jersey. I went to school in D.C. I really didn't. I mean, I, you know, bagels and locks was a big thing on Sunday. Oh, morning, I got a friend you know, who owns so, a bagel place in yeah, Alexandria. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Talk about like and steam bagels, too. Like if you can get uh-huh. like the old school steam bagels. But you know, it wasn't until I went out to the Bay Area and lived in Berkeley and San Francisco mm-hmm. that my breakfast brunch game was raised to another level because mm-hmm. there's so many good breakfast spots yep. out there. And so, so I would love to kind of see us step our game up to that level mm-hmm. where you just like everywhere you go, it's not so much that it's um a chain place, but like you go into them and in each of these unique breakfast spots. Mm-hmm like the farmer's table, which you mentioned, and yep. there's some others that are really good. And, you know, we, we need more of them, right? Because like you go to the farmer's table and it's like, I mean, the wait's like crazy because mm-hmm. there's so many people trying to get in there. Absolutely. And so that's why it's good, I think, if you have more options Agreed. because it spreads people out. Well, and I think I think what our concept brings to the table is that's our focus. Sure. It's not an afterthought. Yeah. We're not throwing a brunch menu together for Saturday or Sunday. It's what we do. And so it has to be at that level all the time. So when you do show up, on Tuesday or Saturday or Sunday, the quality is perfect. It's in step. It's not a new menu that we're doing once a week. And so it takes a long time to get our, you know, kind of our legs under us. Yeah, It's in step. And yeah. so that's what I want to bring. And really a limiting factor for us right now is, is size, right? Yeah. I can only keep so many things cold. I can only cook so many things at a time. And I only have so much room in a fryer. But if, you know, if I doubled in size, we could quadruple what we did. Right. And so want to bring some really cool options to that breakfast brunch game. 
that uh, I don't think anybody's doing here. And, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest ways I'm such a big cocktail guy, I think breakfast cocktails are underrepresented as a whole. And we've got so many ideas to really go past your Bloody Marys and mimosas. Like, yeah, we're yeah, going to, when we do it, we're going to blow. People are going to be like, where, what in the world? <laughs> right. Um, but I mean, I've been, I think about that, you know, I'll just start thinking. And, and so I've been developing it over five years and it's like, okay, how does this work? How, and it, it's going to be a lot of fun when we do it. I think we're going to put as much attention into that as almost we did the regular food menu. Sure. And so I think it's going to re- be really exciting. I think it's an idea whose time has come. Agreed. So no, that's great. And if you're out there and want to make this happen, yes. reach out. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, and I'll, I'll be promoting you left and right, but and finally, you also do some catering, right? If people need a caterer, is, yeah. that, is that the case? Yeah. So we do catering. So And with the food truck, we can kind of do that two ways. We're so used to being mobile that being stationary is a little weird for us still. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want the food truck at a location, we just you, know, you want the full menu available or you just want that aesthetic, we're happy to do that. So we, we, can, we can bring the food truck to a location and just sling some food. We've done that from, you know, we've done weddings. You know, we catered for Union Pacific and FedEx and Little okay. Rock, you know. 36 hours at a time, you know, just getting all their shifts. Yeah. Um, so we're capable of doing that. And then we do, of course, we do drop off caterings. Like if you're just having people for the weekend, I mean, you just want, hey, we don't want to leave, but we want your food. Cool. We can talk about that and set that up. The catering menu isn't up right now because I'm not doing anything until May yep. because I'm out of the country next week. And so just don't have the staff for that. But once I get back in May, kind of that first week of May, we'll have our pre-orders up on the website where you'll be able to order like our monkey bread muffins or we're going to be bringing those our, our homemade Pop-Tarts back yeah. and some different fun things like that. So you'll be able to order those for pickup the next day. And then uh, you'll also be able to kind of see what we can do for catering. I think the best part about being a small business is it's like, well, hey, we like this, but we'd really like this. And I go, okay, I can do that. Yeah. like yeah. Because I don't have to have a set menu, which we do kind of have a set menu, but I, I can be real nimble and give you what you want while at the same time, like keeping it to what we're very, very good at. Yeah. Okay. Well, folks, you, you've heard it here. Hayne Bagley has laid out that biscuits for everyone. That's it. And in a multitude of, of uh, forms and fashions. So you're going to have to check out Hayne and his team at the Delta Biscuit Company. Again, what's that address up in Bentonville? So we're at 900 South Main there in it's Bentonville. It's over by Thaden School. Yeah, right next to the Thaden School. Right. Yep. It's the corner of 8th and A Street. Okay. All is right. what it is. South Main is, is technically the school, the road between us and Thaden, but if you know where 8th and A is, where the, the Bentonville Fire Department is, yep. we are right there. And there's about f- five food trucks now, sure. kind of within three or four blocks. Yep. And then if you want to, if you need to know where we are, we're at, at Delta Biscuit Co. or at Delta Biscuit or www.deltabiscuits.com. Right. So yep. there is another Delta Biscuit company in Monroe, Louisiana, and I get a lot of their traffic. <laughs> um, so they, they opened recently. But I own like all the websites and stuff. Sure, and I'm like, sure. I'm sorry, guys. But yeah. Uh, so but if you yeah, but I get a lot of calls from Louisiana and they're like, can we make a reservation? And I'm like, we're a food truck in Arkansas. I'm sorry. And they're like, yeah. oh, I was like, I don't know the number, though. Right. So I give yeah, it to you. That's uh, but apparently they do great food. So I'm, yeah, I'm, at least they're you know keeping the name going. Up. Exactly. No, well, there's so. nothing wrong with that. Well, I think that's great. And we'll make sure that everybody on the show notes has a way to get in contact with you. Oh, perfect. If they want to connect with you. So all of that will be on there. If you want to go to the Delta Biscuit Company. Order something if you want to just get an idea of what their menu looks like before you head on over to the food truck. Or if you're a company or a business or somebody that's about to get married and just wants a unique menu for your wedding, you need to reach out to Hayne and uh, you, you'll be able to order from them. And uh, please just tell them that the folks from I Am Northwest Arkansas sent you. But Hayne, thank you so much for joining us. And 
we look forward to documenting your growth here in Northwest Arkansas. And we'll be able to say we had you on back when, before the restaurants, before the bricks and mortar, before all that other stuff. And it's so nice to have you on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Well, yeah, thank you so much for the invite. And like again, I'm glad that glad it worked with your schedule and my schedule to kind of make it happen so quick. It's been a bit of a whirlwind, but the response we've gotten up here and just kind of the welcome has, is second to none. And we're just excited to be part of the community and and not just build Delta Biscuit, but really build you know community into our restaurants in a way that I think is sustainable long term. Absolutely. Well, as as a de facto ambassador for Northwest Arkansas, I want to welcome you again and thank you for coming. And we we will support you anyway, any way that you can. And certainly anybody listening to this that's coming here to visit, if you're coming to to uh, Bentonville or if you're here on a Walmart trip because you might think about joining them, you need to come over to the food truck and have some of those biscuits. And if that doesn't convince you to sign on the dotted line with Walmart, I don't know what will. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> if the mountain biking and the biscuits don't get yeah, you here, exactly. I, I don't know what will. Oh, so. man, I got to love it. Got to love it. So, Hayne, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks again. Absolutely. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. I had so much fun doing this episode. I know it was a little longer than usual, but there was a lot of great information here, both on the encouragement side. If you're thinking about starting a business, listening to Hayne's story and what he did to move his food truck up here to Northwest Arkansas and just what he's working on should be encouragement enough. And then on the other side of things, I don't know about you, but my stomach is hungry right now. I have hunger pains just listening to Hayne talk about these biscuits, and I cannot wait to try them out myself. So listen, I'll report back and let you know what I think. I'll probably do a uh, Instagram live whenever I go to the food truck. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, just check out Delta Biscuit Company and see what they're all about and check out Hayne and please let him know that you heard about him first here on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. That's all we have for you this week. Remember, our podcast comes out rain or shine every Monday. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I will see you soon. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.